Let me take you guys back to 12 years ago. I woke up to a very odd series of events one morning, and I observed some things that were most unusual. So the first thing I noticed was my skull felt like it had been pressed in a Wilton vice for about 12 hours, throbbing, familiar, throbbing headache. The next thing I noticed was the sun was beaming in my eyes. I mean, and I'm kind of funny about light anyway, but this morning the sun was just right in my face. And it's in southwest Georgia in the longleaf pine wiregrass ecosystem. It's kind of hard to see a good sunrise for the tall trees everywhere. But this morning, it was right there in my face like a flashlight. The next thing I noticed is I'm sitting inside my car in the back seat of my car. I open the door and my feet land on railroad ties. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here and uh, it appears that I took the railroad track as a car as a road all four tires were ripped open oil pan was ripped open oil was everywhere and I'm by myself in the middle of nowhere I have no clue where I am so I, I rummage around I find my cell phone I call the kid that I was living with at the time I mean I'm running down the road Telling him, he's like, tell me what you see, tell me what you see. Well, I came across this old dilapidated wooden bridge, and he said, I know where you're at. You're on Magnolia Plantation. I'll be right there. I'm in shell shock, right? So by the time I get back to the vehicle, there's a man standing there who's also <laughs> shaking his head at the scene. And he said two things that I'll never forget he said every morning at 6 30 the train comes and it didn't come this morning the second thing he said was son you need to find jesus <laughs> and he was right you see at that time i had been i was conformed to the world i was living by the flesh reckless we've all been there uh but this experience in particular was a very, uh, it was a turning point in my life. Excuse me. It was a lot easier to prepare for this on my own. <laughs> well, needless to say, I, I am, I have been rescued from the path I was on. I am, I was not consumed by alcohol. I was not killed by a train. I stand in a place as a rightful heir to the kingdom of God, and I'm very thankful for God's grace. That worship service just blessed me. You guys ushered us right into the presence of God, and I thank you for that. So I've learned over the course of my life so far that the only thing that matters is the Word of God. What matters is the Word of God, the spoken and understood Word of God, because this world is fallen. This world is filled with lies and darkness and deceit. So I desperately cling on to the Word of God. It is my only hope. I don't deserve to be here with you today. I don't deserve to be a husband to this woman that I married. I don't deserve to father these three beautiful children I have. Yet here I am. God is good. God is so good. So while we were worshiping the Lord, this verse came to me. <laughs> but when the goodness, excuse me, let me start here. 
For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, hated by hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we find ourselves in two conditions. Either we're being transformed by the renewal of our mind, or we're not. Either we are defiled by the stagnancy of sin, or we're being washed by the regeneration. I want to be clean, folks, and I can't do it on my own. The only way we can do it is by clinging on to Jesus himself, the Word of God. So with my uh, desperation for the Word of God, and I, my understanding that this is the only way I can succeed in life is by following God's will, <laughs> I really have enjoyed what we've done as a church since January. The plan, the plan has been awesome in my house. We all need to be led. We need to lead others. We are led. This framework in my household has been amazing. So what I want to do tonight is kind of show you what it's looked like in our house and show you, tell you about some of the things that we've seen as a result of it. And then I thought, you know, because it's been such a joy just even knowing that you guys, we're all doing this together. We're all this week, we're in Colossians 3. It's just it's like the gears are together, and we're all in sync, and we're all in unity, and it's just brought me a lot of peace and comfort to do this journey together with you guys. So what I thought we'd do is together go through Colossians 3, and I want to show you some things that the Lord has given me that might bless you, okay? So this is the 36th week of the plan. You guys know what we're doing. We're reading as a family unit every night the, the Word of God. Well, my house, it's Sarah and myself. Asher four, Aiden three, my fat little baby is just about six months old. So, you know, we're not having real deep theological discussions, and there are some frustrations along the way. Get your fingers out of your nose. What is that smell? Can you sit still? You know, all these things happen with young people, right? And it's been, it's been fun. But, you know, the, so what we do, our, our routine is we, we do the day, we come back home, my kids... They're outside kids. They're raised on a ranch so far. They love to roughhouse and be boisterous. Well, they don't spend a whole lot of time in front of the TV, and my wife, God bless her, she has read to these kids twice a day since the day they were born. So they have an, an appetite to read. They like books. They like to read. So we have the fun books, and then we do the plan. After we roughhouse for a little while, of course, that's got to happen according to the boys. But what's so awesome is, you know, as y'all have heard me say before, my being exposed to the Word of God, that it was such a dramatic change in my life, and it, it really didn't start happening systematically, but a, a few years ago. But the first verse I memorized, I was eight years old, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'll never forget that. It is just in my spirit permanently. I didn't memorize another verse until Lex and I hooked up and been doing it ever since. But what would it be like for these young kids if they start memorizing Scripture now? What can God do with that? So what we've done, because of my desire to memorize and know and speak out the living and active Word, is we read it, we read the chapter, and we also memorize a verse every week. And it is just such a blessing to hear these young people utter out the Word of God, and the ability for them to learn is it's just 
It's amazing. So we've got 36 weeks down. We've got 36 verses in, and praise God, we're going to keep on going. You know, this plan has instilled in our kids what they think is normal, you know. What they think is normal is not what the world thinks is normal. It's completely opposite to what the world says is right. But this that we're doing is the only thing that is true. And we've got to be radically different than what the world says we should be, right? So the way we do it is we pray, we memorize, we read, and we pray. So we sandwich everything in prayer, and our prayer is simple. It's, Lord Jesus, and I ask the boys, pray with me. Lord Jesus, we're opening the Bible. We're opening the Bible. Teach us what to do. Teach it what these words mean. Unlock the mysteries of this book, the Bible. Amen. Simple and short and sweet. You know, uh, I would say 60% of the time, I'm like, did, did anything sink in, Lord? Did they hear a word that I said? And it takes a lot of faith to walk away from these times like, oh, yeah, they got it. No, you know. However, uh, I think it was two, two days ago, Sarah and the boys and Ava and I, we loaded up and went to the back of the ranch just to have a little time as a family. And the kids were on the ranger. We were in front of it. And Sarah starts slapping me. Hey, hey, hey. I'm like, what, woman? What is it? She's like, look, they're talking about Jesus without us. Asher was explaining something about the Holy Spirit, and we could barely hear what was going on, but praise God, they're talking about things that really matter. (sighs) You know, another really cool thing about memorizing the Word with these kids is my boys are competitive. You know, they're they're 18 months apart, they're competitive, and they must get that from their mom, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, when one has the dump truck, the other one wants the dump truck. When one's on the tire swing, the other one wants to be on the tire swing. But we're able to show them how to use the Bible now, okay? So when this fighting over stuff has been what we've been navigating lately, and now we have this ammunition to say, well, what does Jesus say, boys? What does Philippians 2, 3, and 4 say? Do nothing from selfish ambition. And they'll, and they'll say it. They'll say, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition. Bingo. That's what it says. Now let's do it. huh? And glory to God, those seeds are going to grow. And it's going to bear fruit. So some other things have happened about the, uh, the plan. So we started in January, and it took us a few months you know, to build the habit. You know, and we've done it pretty cons- very consistently, I'd say. And then summertime hits, and we had an answered prayer. You know how God sometimes answers prayers, and it's not as glorious as you might think it'll be? (laughs) Well, we've been praying for a long time. Lord, let our house, this place that we dwell, let this be a a sacred place. Let this be a place that when people come here, they leave different because they experience the presence of God. Well, that prayer was answered, and this summer, our house has been filled with guests. For whatever reason, it's been filled with guests. And uh, it's been good, been challenging sometimes, but it's been good. We live in a very small house. The really beautiful thing about living in a small house when we, as a family, are opening the Bible every night is anybody that comes in my house, sorry, it's eight. We're reading a plan. Come and join us. And even if they don't want to join us, they can still hear us. And all that's got to happen is they hear the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit can use that. So we've had a lot of you guys have been in our house when the plan was being read, and it's, it's just such a joyous time of fellowship, you know, to cram everybody in the same room 
and to, and to walk through this together. You know, and the kids learn, hey, these people also love Jesus. They do. This is normal. This, this is what we do. Well, then there's other guests that have come, especially dog client guests that don't know the Lord, but they like my kids and they like us and they don't want to be rude. So they're like, yeah, we'll come and sit and read. That's before they realize what book we're reading. <laughs> so it's just an awesome form of witness that we've been able to employ. And glory to God, I just, I am so, my confidence that we are just saying that I have the utmost confidence in the power of the spoken word. Just because of what I've, I've seen with my own eyes. Um, we've had other believers that are not part of our congregation join us. And, and just the, the questions, the answer, the discussions, it's just been such an amazing time. Uh, we've had family members come and join in. And sometimes as I'm reading, last week, for instance, I, I was reading and, you know, I, I'm almost cringing as I'm reading because, you know, these words on this particular chapter are just like, got to be slapping this particular person in the face. I'm like, Lord, just do your thing. I'm just going to do my thing here. So anyway, it's just been a really, really good time. This plan, I hope we never stop doing it. I've, I've, it's, just been, it's been such a blessing in our home. Such a blessing in our home. So let's go ahead and go through Colossians 3 real quick. I want to share with you quickly a couple things that I've learned. God is so good, man. God is just, I am just beside myself at how good God is. Colossians 3. What, what I'll do is I'm just going to read through this in the ESV, um, and I'll just share a couple things, little bits of insight that I've received in my time. We all there? I hadn't learned how to navigate this drinking the water while you're speaking thing, so bear with me. All right, Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Here's where it gets good. Put to death... Therefore, what is earthly in you? One thing I discovered, another way to translate that Greek word there is to subdue, to subdue what is earthly in you. It's like a choice, an action that we can do. We can choose to put these things away from us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you, you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Harmony. Man, I love musical harmony. I'm not much of a singer, 
But when I listen to them old bluegrass tunes and I hear that that harmony, or just and I try my best to harmonize, it never sounds as good as I think it sounds in my head. But I have this envision when we when we get to heaven, there must be harmony everywhere. There must be musical and beautiful harmony everywhere. You know that harmony that just you hear it and it just makes your skin crawl? Can you imagine constant harmony? And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called, in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let me pause here for a second. So this passage of Scripture... It really spoke to me. Um, many of you know I compete with my bird dogs, my English Springer Spaniels, and they're talented, they're, they're, they're fast, they're flashy, they're helpful in gathering my birds, and they're just, I really enjoy working with these animals. Well, living down here, or anywhere for that matter, the one problem with English Springer Spaniels is they have long hair. So I've got to comb that stuff out. There are, there are mean seeds is a term in the dog world, mean seeds out there. That's grasses that have awns, that have one-way barbs, that work their way in and they don't come out. God designed them this way so that whoever they attach themselves to will pick them off and discard them, and there that plant can grow. So these awns with, the, with these dogs, if you don't carefully comb your dogs out in certain areas, especially in between the toes, the armpits, the eyes, if you don't give them a really thorough once-over, it can cause some serious health problems. So we really got to really be adamant to clean these dogs up when they, when they encountered these dangerous seed, these awns, right? So I'm, I'm comfortable with this idea. I understand this idea of a fine-toothed comb. And this passage right here, the Lord showed me this passage is our fine-toothed comb, Right? You can prayerfully look at these, these two contrasting sets of qualities and then assess where we are and ask the Lord Jesus to clean us up. Just like Robert said last Sunday, we can check for light bulbs that are burnt out in the Christmas lights. It's the same thing. Because just like those awns in the, in the dogs, one of these little seeds here in the first set of qualities, anger, wrath, malice, they can wedge in. They can wedge in before you even realize that you're so busy doing other things. Forgiveness, unforgiveness. They can, unforgiveness can create abscesses. <laughs> they can create problems. They can create lots of complications. And it is not God's will that we walk in these things. But down here, verse 12, we can walk in kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Earlier this year, I was... On, I was either on a walk or I was praying. I was doing something where it was Jesus and myself. And I was asking him, Lord, help me to speak more kindly. I need more kindness, Lord. Will you give me kindness? We, I, he says right here, would you give me some kindness? I need to be kind. And, you know, I'm kind of at work. I got people that work with me and work for me, and I, I'm a get-it-done kind of guy. Let's get this thing done. It's not about how you say it. It's about take what, take what you're told and get it done. <laughs> well, that doesn't work so well in the home. So I was, <laughs> I was asking the Lord, please give me kindness. And he told me something that was really interesting. He said, Chad, put it on. 
All you got to do is put it on. Put on the kindness. It's a choice. It's a decision. But when I was, before Sarah and I were married, uh, a pastor was meeting with me, kind of a premarital counseling situation. And he said something to me that was very liberating as a man, when you think about a, a young man pursuing his bride. And for somewhere along the line, I got this idea, well, it's going gonna, gonna to be some Cupid comes over and shoots you with the arrow and this big, glorious, beautiful thing, and which it is, but truly it's a decision, it's a choice. I choose you, hopefully that choice says yes, and we get married. It's a choice, it's not some magical thing, right? Verses, uh, excuse me, 12 and on, this is a choice we have to make. This is a choice we have to make. And it has been so good for us this week as we, we left Sunday morning. It's like, yeah, we need to get in our prayer closet and find out which bulbs are burnt out. You know, let's go, let's go digging around and get the Christmas lights on, right? This has been so good for us. This has been so good to run the fine-toothed comb of Colossians 3 through our dirty fur and get it cleaned up. Mm. One other thing I want to share uh, well, let's go ahead and read. Let's read the rest, the rest, the rest of the uh, passage. Verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Okay, this, this Christian household model here in Colossians 3, we really reach for this in our home. We really, and I, I am so thankful that my wife seeks the Lord on her own. I, man, the best decision I made was, was marrying that woman because she walks with the Lord. And if she, that's the key to marriage, and this isn't a marriage speech here, but the key to marriage is knowing who Jesus is. Man and woman, seek Jesus, marriage is going to be okay. So we have prayed, like I said, for, for our house to be a place that people come and want to be with us, want to experience love and, and peace and all these things. And uh, as I was reading verse 18 and on, it occurred to me that when, we, when, when our house is lined up, when our house is in order, when we choose these things and put them on and strive for these things, we become attractive to the people that come around us. You know, you all have heard the story of Lex and I hitting it off and hooking up and he started to disciple me. Well, the way that started was I heard him say something that attracted me, like a bee to a sunflower. More on that later. Sunflowers. I'm going to talk about sunflowers for a second. This is pretty important. Sunflowers to a guy like myself are really important because I love to shoot doves. I like to take my dog out and shoot birds. I like to eat birds. It's just a good time. My kids, my boys haven't missed a dove season since they've been born, and I just pray to God that that never changes. It's just a glorious time. And what we're, we're memorizing this week is Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things that are above. So if you look above sunflowers, you'll find doves, right? 
Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> but really cool thing that I learned about sunflowers this week is I'm going to throw a, a word that I'm going to pretend to know, and it's called heliotropic. Sunflowers are heliotropic, and heliotropism is the act of a plant following the track of the sun. It's really fascinating how God set that up, because what the and, and researchers have tried to change, go from a 24-hour cycle to a 30-hour cycle. Let's see what happens to the plant. You know what happens to the plant if you force it to not be able to see the sun? It doesn't grow as well. It doesn't produce as, as many seeds as a normal plant. It throws off the circadian rhythm and all kind of weird things happen to the plant. What that plant wants is to fix its gaze on the sun. Do you see where I'm going with this? When the plant fixes its gaze on the sun, it is most, it's gathering the most amount of energy that's getting down and producing more seeds, and it becomes attractive. It becomes attractive to who? To me? No. To the doves? Maybe. But most importantly, it becomes attractive to pollinators. And the importance of that is the sunflower cannot reproduce without pollinators. The Christian church cannot reproduce unless we are attracting pollinators. We have got to be attractive to the world that they may come looking for something that we can give them, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the spoken word of God, so they can be built up, blessed, encouraged, and then reproduce others. Uh, I read somewhere <laughs> that uh, we are to go, therefore, and to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the very thing we should be about reproducing fruitful Christians. And I've, I've, honestly, I've tried to disciple people and it fail. I've, 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 I've seen it work. I've seen it not work. But the most important thing is we must be able to, we must have the bond of peace rule. We must be ruled by the bond of peace to draw people in, to point them to Jesus and let Jesus do his thing. This is the way the church is built. This is what we should be about. Wow, that happened fast. Guys, I, uh, I trust that what the Lord is doing is blessing us, building us up, and preparing us for something that is to come. I know that we are being equipped and built up because people are going to be coming. People are going to be coming to hear what we have to say. And it is my desire, my, my primary mission field right now is my family. And what I'm trying to do to my family, I know at some point those, those, ch those children will grow and go away. But all of us as Christians, we must seek to be willing and ready. Have a word on the tip of your tongue for those people that God brings in your path every single day to speak out that living and active word of God. That's all that matters, folks. That's all that matters. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you can take a very short little message and do mighty things with it. And that's what I believe for tonight. Father God, I thank you for the sunflowers. I thank you for the seeds that you put out, Lord. I thank you for giving us seeds to scatter about. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you water and you grow those seeds. Lord, I thank you that this church, Living Waters Church, is about speaking and teaching the perfect Bible. Father God, I pray that we reproduce faithful servants of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for discipleship to be everywhere we look. Because if we look anywhere besides you, Lord, 
We are not efficient. I pray, Father God, that you help us to set our minds on things that are above, not the things that are on earth. I ask for just divine revelation of what it is you want us to do each and every day, as every day matters, Lord. I thank you for the agreement in this church. I thank you for the unity in this church. I thank you that you are speaking to us, Lord, that we can hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you saved us, not because of works, Lord, not because of righteousness, but by your mercy. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. You are so good to us. I bless your people, Father God. I bless your people. I thank you for the love here. And I ask as we leave here tonight, Lord, that we are ready, ready to serve, ready to speak against the lies of this world. As your truth grows out, Father God, I just pray. I pray with my whole heart that we see fruit, Lord, that we see reproduction, that we see babies coming in and being grown up in the word. And it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.